all NBA, for all NBA warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. Okay, so I mean, that's the dunk contest, but like, obviously, um, well, that's the dunk contest in the game, but the highlight, we cannot end the All-Star Weekend conversation without talking about the highlight of the weekend, which was um, Steph versus Sabrina, or as they called it, Stefan versus Sabrina. And um, like, honestly, I'm not even like trying to like gas her up. I legit thought there was a chance Sabrina could win. Mm-hmm. Um, before it started, um, you know, I picked Steph and I thought he would, but I, it, like, it was one of those things, like if she would have won, I would not have been surprised, you know? Um, yeah. and there's been so much conversation about this. Um, and I just want to say like a few things because I agree that this event should continue. Um, but I haven't really had a chance. I've tweeted a little bit about this. But I haven't really been able to on any, I haven't been able to on like any platform I'm usually on to kind of speak about it. And so I want to take this time a little bit to sort of educate people a little bit on like women's basketball, because I think everybody thinks it's cute when they keep saying next year with Caitlin Clark. It's not cute. It's disrespectful. <laughs> okay. For one, Caitlin Clark has made no decision about whether she's leaving or not. Right. So we don't know if she will be in WNBA and it would be hella disrespectful to bring in a college player. Right. So we just don't know that. But secondly, again, this goes back to a conversation that's been a little ongoing about, you know, how she will be as a first year like player. We don't know. You don't know. And there seems to be this assumption that she's just going to come into the W and do what she does. And I feel that's because y'all don't know about the W. And, and I don't mean that in like a, you just don't know. you When you make statements like that, that tells me you clearly don't know about the W. Mm-hmm. And it's not even controversial to say what Cheryl Swoop said. The part, I'm not talking about the factual parts that she had incorrect. I'm talking about the part where she says, like, I don't think she's going to come in and just do that. And she could struggle because that shouldn't be controversial because we see that in the NBA. We see that in almost every professional sports league when a player leaves the college level and transitions. The player whose record she broke, Kelsey Plum, struggled when she first got into the W. She struggled. Those are some very talented women. Those are some grown women. They can play. They can play. And for people who I don't think watch Iowa basketball regularly and you just see highlights, okay, like the way that team plays, she's not going to be able to play like that in the W. Bigger bodies, more athleticism. The WNBA is still an inside-out game. It's still an inside-out game. And um, she takes a high volume of shots. You're not going to continue to do that when you come into them. First of all, the likelihood is she'd be drafted to the Indiana Fever. You're on a team with Aaliyah Boston. You're going to feed Aaliyah Boston. She's in the paint. You're going to feed her. And they'll play off of each other nicely. But I'm just saying, there's only been one player in WNBA history to kind of come in and even have MVP level impact. And that was Candace Parker. She's the only one. A while ago. A while ago. <laughs> and there's a handful that even make the all-star game in their first year. So you, you're you being disrespectful. You're being disrespectful to the woman in the WNBA. You are. 
Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get into the other places I could go with this conversation because Caitlin Clark is a great player and she deserves to be recognized. But I promise you, there are other great players in women's college basketball and there are other great players in the WNBA. By the way, there is a legitimate debate if you were actually tuned into women's college basketball that Juju Watkins might be having a better season than Caitlin Clark right now. She's incredible. Mm-hmm. And she's a freshman. So, but you wouldn't know that because Juju isn't discussed as much as Caitlin and her highlights are not put up as much as Caitlin. But I promise you, she's equally as exciting of a player. And there's other players in women's college basketball right now who are doing great things. So bringing it full circle to the W, there are some great three-point shooters. Jewel Lloyd. Chelsea Gray. She almost had a 50-40-90 season this year. And she's from the Bay. How great would that be to have a Bay legend, you know, Mm -hmm. playing in that next year, right? So... Um, I just need us to think a little bit more <laughs> about, right, if, we, if we're if we truly trying to highlight the W and growing it, insisting that Caitlin Clark being everything is not going to do that, right? Mm-hmm. It's showcasing other players. It's showing their talents. Oh, because you know what happens when you do that? People start Googling. Who's that? Da-da-da. You get impressed. There are other people who can shoot. They call Jewel Lloyd the gold mamba for a reason. So with that being said, you know, shout out to Caitlin Clark. I think she is going to be a great pro. Um, but next year, when they do do whatever they're, and also too, because I didn't appreciate people being like, oh, you know, Dame Lillard, I'm pretty sure Stephen Curry will want his splash brother, Clay Thompson, out there with him, right? Like, I didn't appreciate references like, oh, the second best shooter. Is Dame the second best shooter? Is he a better shooter? Then Clay Thompson, like, this is what I'm saying. So, like, I just, the egregious, it's not just on the woman's side, but I'm just mm. saying the egregious statements being made <laughs> about what should happen and kind of the overlooking of, like, people. Um, y'all, please, we can have, like, better conversations. Um, but I think it should continue. Steph versus Sabrina was great. It was great. Yeah. I really enjoyed watching it. There was clear mutual respect between the two players. And um, I actually think that all this, oh, the last point I'll make about Sabrina and the W, like Kenny Smith, what he said was moronic, okay? It was uninformed and moronic. Um, Just like when he said that he doesn't think Steph can shoot the deep ball as well as um, um, Dame. And I wanna ask you about that in a moment, Justin. But um, so what he said was ridiculous. And I just want to explain to people while it was ridiculous because a lot of people are like, I don't get what he said. And she was at a disadvantage and da, 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 da. Okay. First of all, Sabrina practices from the men's line. Like she actually practices. She doesn't practice from the woman's line. So it is her range. It's mm. her range. She also was not forced to shoot from the three point, the men's line. She chose immediately the moment this start. She said, I will shoot from the men's line. It's like she tweeted it right away. So this was never going to be a thing. And like, I don't need to be extreme here, but this is what we talk about. Like when a woman chooses to do something and says, this is what I want to do for men to then come and be like, oh, you're, you're at a disadvantage. And like, it's, it's sexist, it's misogynistic because your thinking is already that she's um, disadvantaged in some way. Right. To me, to me, 
if she had any disadvantage, it was going first, right? It was like not being able to go second. That's true. And I don't know why it was decided who goes first or second, but to me, that's the only possible disadvantage. Because I say Sabrina being the 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 holder, the record holder of having the most points ever, <laughs> she should have won yeah. second. But maybe I don't know if it was a ladies' first thing. I don't know if it's because you're the visitor to men's NBA All Star. I don't I don't know how it was decided who went first or second. But to me, that's the only disadvantage. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're going to say there's a disadvantage, but that is Sabrina range. It's her range in game. She regularly shoots shots, (laughs) you know, way behind the woman's line. So this is her range. That's her comfort zone. It wasn't something where like it was making it to her. That's her range and what she can do. And clearly she could clearly she could 26. Right. I mean, when she first started and hit like like, all those shots, she yeah. hit nine of her first 10. I was like, oh, shit, Steph. <laughs> exactly. I was like, brother, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you know, that, was a hell of a, that was a hell of a performance. Like, It was. I, yeah. Like, just I mean, respect her as a shooter. Respect yeah. her as a shooter. And talk yeah. about it like that. And that's what we're talking about. Just talk about it like it's regular. Don't start getting into dynamics of, because of her gender and being a woman, why it was a disadvantage. Yeah. And then double down on it. It's ignorant. It's lazy. It's lazy. It's ignorant. It's like, I mean, she put up 26. I mean, like you said, I mean, she put up 26. She chose everything that was that had to do with it. She chose those parameters. Like you said, going second, maybe they should flip a coin. Maybe it should be like a live flipping of a coin to see who goes second. Um, whenever they do it next. But I like the idea of them just having like NBA elects a guy, WNBA elects a woman every year, you know, maybe a tag team or something like that. That'd be pretty cool like that. And that honestly would probably be the biggest event. Like you said, have that be the last thing. Cause that'll be the biggest event every year. Right. Like point. next year, you still have to include Steph because it's in the Bay, obviously. Oh, but yeah, yeah. after that and going forward, it should continue. Yeah. And, um, you know what would be interesting, and I don't even know how it be work, be how it could work, but um, because obviously you want to see what each person is doing. But what if they started at, at the, the same, same time? time, right? So they're like on each side of the court, and like so they can't see what the other's doing. That would be crazy. And like the crowd's reacting, so you don't know what they're reacting. To. <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty cool. That would be pretty cool. Um. Yeah, they should find a way to do that. Um, I don't know if it makes sense, but it just like popped into my head right now. And I'm just like. There's so many on-court cameras and stuff like that, but I think they can still figure it out. They can figure it out. They should do that. I honestly thought they were going to this season, but then, I mean, they didn't do that. But like, Do yeah. you think that going second is an advantage? Because someone tried to say that's not an advantage. And I said, well, I'm Absolutely based on right. the many players who have said it, I'm going to lean on them. And then, of course, I got the ridiculous, you've asked every player, like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, <laughs> I mean, it's very obviously an advantage. When you know what you're going up against, you know what you have to beat, um, then it puts things into a clearer perspective, like, Sure, he could have known that he had to get 26 and still not beat her, but it's different than not knowing. I mean, it's better than not knowing, right? It's the same thing with even with the Super Bowl. 
other team got the ball first in OT. Like, all right, y'all better score because we know, you know what I mean? Like, we know what we got to do now once we get the ball. Um, so, yeah, going second is definitely an advantage because you have a clear objective and goal, and it allows you to hyper-focus on that goal. Yeah, I mean, it's just pretty obvious to me. I don't understand why people are kind of disputing that, but. Oh, you know, people dispute for, you know, all the reasons they dispute. Um, But the other thing I wanted to ask you when I brought up like Kenny and his deep ball thing, you know, because like we had, listen, I like, look, first of all, I don't call him unk, but like, I like Shannon in ways, you know, his club Shay Shay. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I might get like shot down for this. I didn't really care that much about the Cat Williams stuff. Not that it wasn't good. That's not what I'm saying. I just like the way everyone was so hype off of it. I it, I didn't care. But that being said, he's obviously had like some, you know, he had Usher on after that. Like he's, he brings some very big people on his platform, right? So mm. shout out to him and what he's built. But I still do not like Shannon talking NBA. He always, you know, just the takes are just. He's off the mark. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I mean, he just said it like it was definitive. Like, yeah, no, like, like Steph is the best shooter, but Dame is a better deep ball shooter. And you know, Dame fans love to like get in the mentions and say, "I don't even understand how this is disputed." And they start showing you like all these numbers, right? Of like how many more of these shots that Dame has made and the volume. So it's definitely true. Justin, is that true? And if it's not true, explain to us why it's not, please. Um. I mean, I guess by the numbers, you can say it's true, sure, whatever. But I think at the same time, you got to look at, like, Steph gets guarded differently than everybody. Like, Dame is Dame, and he has his own level of gravity, but teams aren't letting Steph shoot from that deep. Um, And then Steph is just better at getting to shots that he wants to take. You know what I mean? Like, if he wanted to be like, yeah, I'm going to just take a high volume of 35-footers, that's going to be added to my game, like, I'm sure he could do it and, you know, hit a higher percentage or whatever. But I don't know. I guess they can they can have that, like, the deep ball king, whatever. That's cool, whatever. Like, if Steph really wanted that title, I'm sure he can do it. That's my, that's my point. And teams don't let him just walk into deep threes like they do with Dane. So. Right. And, um, you know, I mean, look, we saw the moment that Kenny even suggested that. Like, Steph was like, hold up, right? So – he clearly does not believe that. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just funny to me. It, it's also, <laughs> I heard someone say when talking about like trying to make the Steph Sabrina argument, they were like, look, the same way she, like, I think Steph would be at a disadvantage if he had to shoot from the W line because it's a muscle memory thing and like habit, which you're just used to. This to me is like when people try to tell me that Steph is not as good a mid range shooter as, you know, anyway, like, guys. Like, <laughs> you think he can't shoot the ball in shorter? Like, this is not a. <laughs> I, I just I don't understand the argument. Like, it's not going to get harder for Steph to go inside and shoot the ball from a shorter right. distance. Like, what are we doing? Right. Like you said, it would just be a mid range. So, people just say anything. And we've said this all the time. He's the greatest shooter, not because of just three point shooting. It's because of the various different ways that he can yeah. shoot the ball mid-range three-pointer off the dribble um around the rim the way he fit like it's everything it's like Mm -hmm. all the multiple ways 
he can shoot the ball and put the ball in the hoop. That's what makes him the best shooter, the versatility, right? There's lots of people who can do catch and shoot threes. There's lots of people who can spot up and shoot the ball and like are great mm-hmm. three-point shooters. That is not what we're saying. And that's also the reason why we truly don't like, even though I've had to use it so much lately, we don't like the, oh, he's the best shooter ever. Cause it doesn't mean nothing because it does, but it doesn't because the way people historically have thought of shooters like it's not like a complete game like that, right? He's really one of the best scorers in NBA history. Um, yeah. And we just need to start talking about him more like that. Yeah, the greatest shooter thing, people don't, I mean, some people don't look at it as selling him short, but a lot of people do. And a lot of people do it on purpose. They say the greatest shooter thing to sell him short and they act like they're they're not. But Right, or they try yeah. to put a lot of hype behind it. It's like, okay, great, but what does, what does that fucking actually mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, greatest shooter. If you're not going to rate him because of that and rank him because of that, then Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean much. Right. right? And then also just saying, like, the greatest shooter of all time, like, that's cool. But, like, the gap between him and the next best guy is so massive that just saying, like, the greatest shooter, it's kind of not even doing that justice. It's not even doing his shooting ability justice. Like, I mean, there's been tweets all, all throughout the years about, like, What's what skill is like the biggest gap in in sports history, or whatever? Like, is it Tom Brady's passing, whatever the case may be? Like, is Steph Curry shooting? Like, Steph Curry at shooting is better than anybody else in any particular skill in probably pro sports history. Like across every sport, every skill. I don't think there's a bigger gap between them and what Steph can do as a shooter. So yeah, I mean, like him shooting from the W line would not be a disadvantage. Like what are we doing? Listen, because these are the people trying to make the muscle member memory argument to try to suggest his, that yeah. it's not um, a sexist argument. Yeah, his muscle memory is like anywhere on the court. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, what are we talking about? Exactly. Okay, look, let's let's move on. 